I am Enzo. And I'm Reina. And this is the Date Night Horror Show. <laughs> I'm trying to stop myself from laughing every time you do that because I love when you do that. But <laughs> I don't want people to get tired of it and I don't want people to think that it's some uh, fake thing that I'm doing. Sorry, but... <laughs> it's my thing. Right thing. I love it. I love it. So, uh, Reina, we have a change of plans. Yes, we do. So, um, at the end of the last episode, the sci-fi horror episode, I said that we were going to do vampires for this next episode. But, after thinking about it, and after this particular movie came out, I really felt like we needed to be a little more current with what's going on right now. Yeah. Um, and in the horror community, the movie that everyone's talking about, and everyone's wondering if they should go see is the 2019 remake of Stephen King's Pet Cemetery. Yes. So, with that said, I thought, well, why don't we do our Stephen King episode <gasps> Love this Stephen week? King. Yeah. And I know we're both huge fans, uh, both yeah. of the books and the films, some of the films. Um, so we're going <laughs> to <laughs> we're going to take this episode to pay tribute to the man, the myth the hero of horror for sure. Yes. The one and only Stephen King. Woo! Yay. I love Stephen King. So do you want to talk about um, kind of how you discovered Stephen King and your history with with your love of Stephen King? Yeah, I actually discovered um, Stephen King by a my best friend at the time when um, I was a kid. Mm -hmm. It was Nicole. And she read uh, The Stand. Oh, and okay. I remember we were walking from my house to her house because we live pretty close. Uh -huh. And she was telling me about, you know, what the stand was about. And it sounded right. so interesting and weird and yeah. good. So I was like, huh. I, and I love to read. I yeah. love to read books. So, and I was like really um, always trying to discover new books at the time as well. Right. So I, I, was like, well, let me try it. And I remember I saw it and I was like, holy shit, this is a huge book. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, his books have always been really intimidating. It was a huge book, them. but I read it. Yeah. And you couldn't put it down. From then to now, I've probably read it and reread it probably about three or four times. Yeah. Yeah. He's, I, he's that's great. one of my favorites he's, of his for sure. Yeah. We'll, we'll, we're going to go into our favorite books uh, in a later segment. Mm -hmm. uh, but for now, I just wanted to get your kind of. But that was my introduction to who Stephen, Stephen King, King was. King. Yeah. Yeah. For me, um, my sister was an avid reader. Um, and growing up, she knew I always had a huge passion for horror. So she was trying to get me to read. Spoiler alert. Uh, that sister became a teacher of the year caliber teacher. So a uh, shout out to my sister, Teresa. Um, and she told me, you know, you know, you got to start reading these books because some of them are really scary. And I remember she turned me on to the Amityville Horror. Of course, it's not Stephen King. That was one of the first books I read. And then she also turned me on to The Shining. And when I saw the, the, the size of The Shining, it's about... It's like two Amityville horrors. Like, it's yeah. huge. His books are big. Um, but, yeah, I, I started reading, and I just could not, I could not stop reading it. Uh, I had already seen The Shining film, mm. and I think that helped kind of help me through, because I really identified with Danny visually, because I, I sort of looked like that, that little boy when I was a little boy. And, um, yeah, just reading The Shining, I loved it. Um, there's so many great moments in The Shining that are not, you know, that is not in the film. It's in the miniseries, but, you know, like the hedge animals, the, like all that stuff. Um, there's all these metaphors with like beehives and things like that. Anyway, um, wasp hives. Um, but yes, since then I started reading like the anthology books. Um, to this day, I still read. I'm trying to keep up with some of the ones I missed. Um um, so, yeah, we're both, you and I are massive Stephen King fans. And, yeah. you know, he's, he's to me, the second most important uh, horror writer since Edgar Allan Poe. Yeah. So, yeah, let's, let's pick our five. Okay. Um, five, five each, our five favorite Stephen King adapted films. Okay. Uh, which will give the listeners a total of 10, which is awesome. Okay, I'll let you start first. Okay, cool. So the first one I chose was Apt Pupil. Oh, uh, yeah. 
um, which is a novella by um, Stephen King. So it was a short story. Um, but it's about a college student that's studying the Holocaust, mm-hmm. and he discovers that a, a death camp criminal is um, hiding in America right. in his in his uh, in his town. Yeah. And so what he does is he calls him out, but says he won't rat him out if he teaches him that everything that they don't teach in school. Right, right, right. But then he starts to get a little disturbed. By uh-huh. it all because he's obsessed with, yeah, with um, the, the kid, Holocaust. The kid starts to go off the rails, right? Right, he yeah. starts to go off the rails, and so yeah, the the Todd Bowden is the college kid. He's played by Brad Renfro. Ian McKellen plays the Nazi war criminal. David Schirmer is even in it. Joshua Jackson, a bunch of other people, but I really liked it because I thought it was creepy. Yeah, it's very creepy. You know, just to know that there's a death camp criminal yeah. that lives in your hood or in your town yeah and i don't think i would have the cojones to co- like to come and ask him any questions because i'd be kind of scared of him yeah it's that it's like how some people have a morbid fascination with the nazi uh, regime and all that I, I think what's interesting is that this kind of story probably happened in you know south america where a lot of the nazi war criminals did end up going uh, it's interesting to see it in your own backyard. Yeah. You know? it, yeah. I remember it was a very tense film. Very tense. Yeah. Because like, you almost really, didn't uh, know who was the screwed up one even. You yeah. know what I mean? Like who was yeah. between the kid and the And And, and it's interesting because I think this is why Stephen King is so brilliant. Like he'll take something like mentorship. I mean, this is really an right. a, an apprenticeship, a mentorship, and that kind of relationship, and then he turns it on its twisted ear. He's just so good at doing stuff like that. Yeah. Like, it's amazing, and the man is, he understands humanity, <laughs> but then he has this, his eye in the darkness, you yeah. know, which is, to me, every horror fan is like that. I mean, a lot of the horror fans I meet, they're like the sweetest people in the world. You know, we just have a morbid curiosity with things and he's so good at writing stuff like that you know there's more there's more emotional weight than your your typical thing you know typical horror story it's fantastic and i mean it says a lot about him that you can turn a novella into a full feature film you know what i mean which yeah a lot of his works a lot of his um adapted films yeah are novellas yeah not full novels right exactly there's just so much there yeah there's so much there to chew on um, All right, so your yeah, that's a good turn. choice. What's your first one? Okay, so the first thing I'm going to do is I'm going to get the shining out of the way. It's not going to be in my to- in my five, even though it's my one of my top five movies that describe me as a horror fan. The reason I'm not going to put it on my list is because it's it's a ma- it's a horror masterpiece in and of itself, but I don't think it's uh, the greatest. Uh, Stephen King ad- adapted film because it's very, mm. very different from the book. So it's almost a different story. Um, but I still think it's a masterpiece of a film. I just want to get that out of the way. Yeah. So when people go, oh, what the hell? How you guys you, not- you guys didn't yeah. put The Shining on her? <laughs> I just want to get that out of the way. Okay. <laughs> and I also want to pick the off the beaten path ones that I think are fantastic that, that maybe people didn't see or or maybe younger people have forgotten about. Uh, so my first choice is John Carpenter's adapted version of Christine. Yeah, it's such a good movie. Yeah, I love it's that awesome. movie. It's awesome. Um, it uh, it it just tells the story of adolescence and being bullied, and you know that that weird shit that everyone goes through when you know you start going into high school and you're trying yeah. to f- you're trying to find your cool and all that stuff. Yeah. Um, uh, it's just. It depicts it so well. Um, Keith Gordon, I mean, he carries the movie as Arnie. Um, he he has this kind of nervous quality. That actor has has that nervous quality intrinsically. Yeah. And I think it really, really works. Um, He's really good in that role. Yeah, it's great because as the character, you know, becomes more and more dark, you're, you're still with him. You're still hoping for him, you know? So basically, it tells a story about um, Arnie, and he's this kind of young nerdy kid i think he's a freshman in Mm -hmm. high school and he's getting bullied hardcore and in the book it's even more hardcore but um in the film it's it's still pretty pretty brutal um 
And then uh, he figures, you know, if he can save some money and get a car, you know, he can get his life. I mean, God, how many teenagers have thought of that? Course. Like, yeah. it's crazy. Um, so he finds this old junker of a car and he restores it and it becomes this incredible thing and he gets all this confidence from it. But the car it has kind of a malevolent spirit mm-hmm. inside of it and it sort of starts to take him over and kind of possess him. And kind of turn him towards kind of this darker way. Um, yeah, it's such a great story. Um, the car can kind of drive itself. Uh, the go- the car <laughs> attacks anyone who threatens Arnie. The car sort of falls in love with him. Yeah, like obsessed <laughs> with him. It's really cool. The car plays cool music. Yeah, and then whenever the car, they try to destroy the mm-hmm. car, it rebuilds itself. Like the metal kind of pops back out and and it's just super cool the way they do this these effects. And it holds up to this day. It's yeah. still really amazing to see motion? it. I think it's like um, they destroy it and then play, play it backwards. Oh, interesting. But they're kind of pulling the metal in and destroying the car yeah. and then they play it backwards. I think, I think that's, that's how cool. they did it. And then they had multiple versions of the car. Um, well, another reason why I picked this movie to start is you have John Carpenter, you know, yeah. at the prime of his career, and then you have Stephen King, you know, with these great, these first great stories. Yeah. What a potent combination. Um, and I, I think the rest of my choices are like that. The it's It's really the pairing of a great director with, you know, Stephen King's story. Um, yeah, I, I I love Christine. Um, you, you have a Christine. Yeah, I, I, well, I kind of do. <laughs> Wait, it's not really a Christine. It's not an. It's not really an old car, but I have a, I have a mini roadster. And you treat it like Christine. <laughs> no, the thing is, it has a rag top, so I can't take it through a, mm. a, a automatic drive-through. So I have to watch it, wash it. And I'm not really a car guy, so when people start saw me washing my own car, they're people like, "What the wife. hell?" Yeah, and I and my sister-in-law uh, <laughs> <laughs> and said, "Oh, it's like Christine." So now I, I I call her Christine as well. She's totally Christine. So, but she's black and silver, so she's. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, that that movie is great. It still holds up to this day. Definitely. It's fantastic. Um, it's a really good movie. I would really. So it's a good. I think it's a really good date movie too. You know what? A great. I'll tell you right now, young people. If you haven't seen these movies, I'm going to tell you which two movies to watch back to back. Okay. Watch Christine. John Carpenter's Christine, and then right after, watch Carrie. Brian De Palma's Carrie. Mm. They're almost brother and sister films. Like, they're that's a really good double bill right there. Um, but, uh, but yeah, that's, I got to go with that for my first choice. That's awesome. Okay. So my next one is Firestarter with Drew Barrymore. Oh yeah. I love Drew Barrymore. Yeah. She's yeah. From day one, that, that, that woman has been a great actress. Yeah. So it was made in 1984. The director is Mark Lester. And in case you don't know anything about the story, um, these two, uh, this couple, excuse me. Um, well, they become a couple in the future, but when they were children, they are participating in experiments mm-hmm. and mysterious experiments, like medical, weird medical ones. Yeah. And then, of course, in Jump to the Future, they end up together and they have a daughter, Charlie, who play, who's played by Drew Barrymore. Yeah. And then they start to notice that she exhibits um, uh, the Pyro- ability. Pyrokinesis. Yeah. Pyrokinesis, yeah. the ability to set fires with her mind. Yeah. Um, and I had forgotten that the mom is played by none other than Heather Locklear. Oh, wow. I know. So funny. And David Keith's in it, George C. Scott, Martin Sheen, Art Carney. So there's a lot of uh, really good actors in it. Yeah. And, and again, um, doing the whole creepy kid thing is I tricky. I love creepy kids. It's real tricky. You know, That's you have to favorite. have the right actress, the right actor. Um, and she she has that intensity. And now, you know, it's so funny because I when you see Drew Barrymore do interviews, she's like so sweet and bubbly and just, you know, but she's done some pretty intense roles. But that's what I like about her role in this movie because she's still a sweet kid. Yeah. Uh-huh. Do you know what I mean? So it's kind of like that duality. It's that Stephen that King she, formula. You know, their, humanity. You know, their yeah. family is really sweet and yeah. loving and, 
she's just a kid, but she just has this power that she doesn't even quite know how to control. Yeah, this is why uh, Stephen King is a national treasure, because he's like horror fans. He has a warmth and mm-hmm. a goodness, <laughs> but he just likes the dark, the dark stuff. He likes staring into the, the abyss like all of us. So, you know, it's, yeah, he's great. He's great. And, and that film is, is really cool. I love that film. I think it's cool. If, if you haven't seen it, I, I recommend it. And if you haven't seen it in a while, like I haven't seen it in a while, I would love to see it again. Yeah. I recommend it. Cool. So, your turn. Okay, so my number two has to be The Dead Zone. Nice. That's yeah, a good one. I mean, how I'd can you... i that was a Stephen King. How can you possibly go wrong? It's a great story. You've got Christopher Walken in the middle of his early dramatic career. He's a fantastic dramatic actor. Um, and then you've got David Cronenberg directing it. I mean, you can't go wrong. It's it's a fantastic, fantastic film. It's one of those films that um, it's sort of like what people tell me about Shawshank Redemption. They always, they always say, if Shawshank Redemption is on TV, I have to watch the whole thing. And I, I agree with it. It's not really a horror film, but I agree. I, I like that film too. Great film. But this one, oh my God, I have to watch. All, I have to watch all of Dead Zone it's a all great, the way through because I love film. it. It's intrinsically creepy. It's very subtle. It's provocative. The story is, you know, sad. Um, yeah. So basically, it's about a man who's about to get married, and he gets in this freak car accident, and he's in a coma for I think like five years. Yeah, five years. And uh, when he comes out of the coma, his fiance is already married and has a child. Like she totally I mean, moves on. Yeah, she was like, "Dude, I'm sorry. I thought you know, I thought you weren't gonna come back." And so you've got that story. You know, the the emotional elements of that story. You know, very heartfelt. But then, as he comes back, he starts to realize that he has uh, the psychic ability to see the future whenever he touches anyone. And, you know, it, that that combination is so great. Yeah. Um, what's cool about what Cronenberg does, the moments where, and, and really Walken, he really sells this, the moments where he sees those visions... He looks like he's, it's painful to him. Like it's shocking. And yeah. Like he's really tortured by this ability. Well, can you imagine if you don't, you know, you just all of a sudden have that ability? Yeah, it's, it's great. And then, and then walking at that time, he was, he's kind of tall and lanky and he's, he's almost alien. He almost has a, he almost has a David Bowie quality. Yeah. You know? And he, so he's such a great choice and he really sells this role. Oh yeah. It's so great. And there's a couple of really shocking moments in that movie. Um, in a weird way, um, this movie is like a dark superhero movie. Because he's really doing, he's thwarting a lot of things. I don't mm. know if you remember. Yeah. In the, you know. yeah. And then um, in the final scenes of the, of the story, like the climactic scenes, he has to make a choice that is brutal. Like a brutal yeah, choice. Horrible. Based on what he knows, what he sees is going to happen in the future. And it's such a cool film. Yeah. Like, it is awesome. It is one of my absolute favorites. And it has a darkness to it. Yeah. Um, the relationship between him and the fiance when he... Brooke comes Adams, of, right? Yeah. When he comes out of the coma. Oh, so painful. Oh, it's terrible. So, it's so painful. Sad. Because they love each other. Yeah, like, even were, though she, were had, she made the decision to move on. You know, the love was still there. That is the, again, that is the brilliance of Stephen yeah. King. And then you got David Cronenberg right in the middle of that. Oh, masterpiece. Like, such yeah, a classic. Really you got to see it. It's an older film, but, but it is really well, good. well worth it. I think it holds up, too. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> I know for a fact it does. I, I watch it all the time. Um, 1983. That's a 1983 film. What's your next one? I have to go with this one. Um because I love this movie so much, and I know we've already talked about it, but 1995's uh, Dolores Claiborne, Ugh. and oh you know we already God. talked about we talked about it in a in a past um, amazing um, podcast episode, but it's just such a great film that just uh, talks so much about you know different ab- abuse. Yeah. Um, 
abusers, abuse. It's just, it's, it's really well acted with, of course, Kathy Bates and um, Jennifer Jason Lee. Great cast, great story. I also read the book. And so the adaptation of it is really good. I love the, you know, the book, you always say the book is better. Well, there's Um, just more to it. Yeah. Which, yes, because you can't put all the intricacies of a book into a film and let them have it two hours. But I thought it was really well done. Yeah. Um, I just love this movie so much. This movie, this movie is one of those Oscar worthy movies. Like it is. Oh, yeah. It has incredible performances by all three actresses, all three of the main actresses. Um, Yeah. The story is so heavy. Like it's emotionally really charged. And a heavy film. Yeah, I think it's some of uh, Stephen King's most mature work. Um, and then Kathy Bates. Oh my God, she is so great in this film. Really good. Um, that movie. I mean, Academy Award performances. I, I don't think they were even nominated for anything, right? Like not like Oscars or anything like that. No, which is odd. <laughs> that is one of Stephen King's best adapted films. I mean, it is. The performances are amazing. Kathy Bates is amazing in this Kathy movie. Kathy Bates is amazing. Jennifer Jason Leigh's amazing. Yeah. Um, the detective, who's a total dick, was uh, played by Christopher Plummer. Yeah, he was awesome. And then Vera, which was the the older woman she took care of, was played by Judy Parfit. She was yeah. really great too. Oh, she she is she really so good. She's good. been in like Girl with a Pearl Earring and. Ever after with Drew Barrymore, she, she played her role flawlessly. I yeah, mean, and I think that that's that's what's interesting about this film too is that it's a study on women and kind of what they have to go through throughout their lives. Yeah, so it's three women, three different time periods in their lives: young woman, middle aged woman, and a much older woman. Yeah, it is one of Stephen King's most mature work. Like, yeah, it is an incredible masterpiece. That is such a great choice. Yeah, thank you. I love that. So what's your next one? Uh, I I didn't plan this, <laughs> but my next one is Misery. Oh, love Misery. Yeah, yeah, another great movie. And I know we talked about it on a previous episode, but you know it's got to be it's got to be one of my favorites. Um, you take you take a director like Rob Reiner and combine him with such an amazing story with Stephen King. Uh, it's fantastic. You know, it's interesting because there's a few books where he's where he's done a lot of autobiographical stuff. And I'm sure the, you know, I'm your number one fan thing has come up, you know, with him in the past. And he just takes that and runs with it with this story. Um, it's, about a, it's about an author named Paul Sheldon who writes these kind of um, romantic um, novels uh, with this character named Misery. And... He decides to not do that anymore, and he goes um, to his mountain cabin. It's kind of his writing ritual. Uh, and then he, he decides to write a completely different book, finishes a book, and then he heads back down during a blizzard, and he gets in a car accident. And he's found by this, his number one fan, <laughs> uh, a character named Annie Wilkes, yeah. um, played by Kathy Bates. And this made her a star. This this role made her a star. And it was amazing. She is incredible in this film. It is one of my absolute favorite horror films of all time. Yeah. Like, it is a masterpiece horror she film. She won a, an Oscar for that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> How could she not? Yeah, Golden, she, also a Golden Globe. God, she was so good. She was really good. She, she has moments where she's so sweet and her face and... You know the way she smiles, and it's it just seems so genuine. And then she goes to these dark, dark places in this role, oh, and she is so scary in the role. And oh man, it's such a great. And she she um, creates this fully fleshed out character, and it's such a fantastic film. Yeah, I I mean, really I, oh, wow, it it's so good. Another Oscar. Oscar caliber, oh, um, yeah. Stephen King adapted story. There's a lot of things in the in what's going on in the story that I, I found really interesting. You know, so in the movie you have uh, the relationship between uh, the sheriff who's trying to figure out what happened to Paul Sheldon and his wife, and they have like the sweetest 
sweetest yeah, relationship. And then it, I really feel like Stephen King is kind of bouncing that off of what's going on with Paul Sheldon and uh, Annie, because there's it's sort of a twisted marital relationship. It's it's such a brilliant story, um, fantastic. I had to pick Misery. Yeah, Rob that's Reiner a great one. Handled it really gently. Yeah, great story. Like really I, good. Yeah, that's. Do you have your next one? Good, really good choice. Yeah, um, yeah. So. I chose this one, and I, I don't. Put, I didn't have. I have. I didn't read uh, the book mm-hmm. um, or the story, but and I don't remember the film being super great. But I thought the concept of the movie was really good, and that's thinner. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, nineteen ninety six. Director is Tom Holland. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's about this influential lawyer who's obese. Yeah. And he gets distracted by his wife when they're driving and he hits a gypsy. Right. <laughs> and because he's so influential and this high-powered lawyer, yeah. it totally gets swept under the rug. Yeah. So then the the victim's father puts a curse on him because yeah. they're gypsies, right? Yeah. And um, he starts losing weight, but really rapidly. Yeah, it was crazy. And, um, and then, of course, all these other horrible, you know, events happen to him yeah you don't want to spoil those yeah no and so stephen king makes a a cameo in this (laughs) and then the guy the lawyer is played by robert john blake burke excuse me Mm -hmm. robert john burke and then carrie were is uh gina who's the gypsy Uh and the wife is played by bethany joy lens yeah i remember that film yeah yeah but I think, I, and I, like I said, it wasn't like, so please, Stephen King fans, don't like roast me like a marshmallow. <laughs> but I just remember it being, the concept is, is really interesting. Yeah, like, it is interesting. And I, I remember him, the actor, um, they was chosen really well because he was already kind of gaunt-ish. Yeah. So um, when he gets all, start to really get thin, super yeah, thin and, and gross, like... Yeah, it just, it's kind of a horrible yeah. thing. At first, he thinks he's all that. Yeah, it, it's such a great, it's a great, dinner, but. It's a great uh, play on class warfare and all that. Yeah. You know, the haves and the have-nots. Absolutely. Yeah. But I thought it was fun. <laughs> it's, um, a, yeah, you know. it's one of those fun ones. Don't worry, I have a, I have okay. a fun one as well. My last one is definitely a huge, huge fun one. But, um, so my next choice, I got to go with it. And I know it's an obvious choice, but it's Carrie. I love Carrie. Oh my God, you have Carrie's to. probably in my top five horror films of all time. Like, oh yeah, you know, uh, if I had to pick ones for a, a deserted, deserted island, um, <laughs> Brian De Palma, fantastic. Um, Nineteen seventy-six. I still can't believe that it, it's that old because we just saw it recently and thoroughly entertaining all the way through. Um, Sissy Spacek is perfect for the role. She's amazing. Um, you know, she does look... She, there's scenes where she looks really odd and awkward because she has a very unusual look. And then when she starts to blossom, you're like, yeah, she's, well, she's a good-looking girl, you know. So she she can play both those roles really convincingly. Uh, but really, the main thing, she looks incredible at the end of the movie, covered in blood like that. The skeletal beauty, like, all, just... Yeah. Yeah, and and she knows how to show the intensity, uh, and then the mother's performance played by oh Piper Laurie. Oh my god, she is the creepiest, scariest so thing creepy. in the movie. <laughs> you have a girl who who's the psychic who can kill everyone, and you're more scared of her mom. So creepy. Like she is so terrifying in the in the movie. Like, yeah. And and she depicts the that obsessive religious. You know, the the woman is unhinged. Oh my god. She's just holding on to to religion to kind of stay sane like it's such an amazing performance yeah and again we saw it recently and mm-hmm. it still holds up 100 percent. fantastic film like it is again it's probably my top five horror films of all time like, you know what i i forgot when i saw it is um amy irving when yeah. she uh i actually feel bad for her because she actually did try to do the right thing <laughs> she gets really yeah yeah she, obviously she doesn't trust her because she was mean to her but um, she was trying to do a really nice thing. What I like about the way Brian De Palma shoots that, he shoots it with a lot of intrigue. So you're not quite sure. I don't. I was sure. Mm, there's, because when they're throwing the tampons at her, uh-huh. 
and and the and Betty Buckley who plays Rita, the the PE um, teacher, gym teacher, whatever counselor. Yeah. Um. When she yells at them, her her reaction, Amy Irving who plays Sue, Sue's reaction is like, oh god, that was really mean. Yeah. Like she. I, I almost feel like it snapped her out of it, which prompted her I, to... I think, I think what I'm trying to say is that it kind of ping-pongs between you're seeing um, Amy Irving and then um, uh, what she's trying to do for Carrie and then uh, what, what Nancy Allen? Yeah, and her name was Chris in the movie. You know, like, she's doing the mean stuff, and it kind of ping-pongs, so you're not really... You get a little confused by it, and I think that's Brian De Palma right there. I think he's trying to make you, you know, a little disoriented, and it's so elegantly shot. It's a fantastic film. I I love it. Again, it's like Carpenter, like when he works with Carpenter. You know, you take someone like Stephen King and his story, and then you... You yeah. take Brian De Palma, such a great combination. Those films still hold up to this day. Amazing. Yep. I love Carrie's a great movie. Watch it. So my next pick is, and this may ruffle some feathers. Okay. Because it is It, but it's the remake of It. Oh, okay. Um, so 2017, obviously, um, Andres Musetti was a director. Um uh, Bill Skarsgård plays uh, it, and then it has a bunch of the kid cast is really good. Sophia Lillis, Finn Wolfhard, Jaden Liber Liberher. Um, I really liked. I, I enjoyed it, it as well a lot. Yeah, I and I it thought as well. Bill Skarsgård as it Dude, is. I'm telling you, this guy, this guy's a new horror. It was pretty amazing. This guy's a new horror guy. Yeah. He's an, I'm telling you, because I remember we were watching the Stephen King series, and he is so creepy in that yeah, movie, in the in the series. series. I'm like, this guy's got it. Yeah. He, he understands. He understands horror. He understands creepiness. Um, honestly, I think he's he's why I agree with you. I think he yeah. he knows what it is to be a thing of of horror. Absolutely. You know, and that's not common no unfortunately and that 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 could fall apart really easily mm -hmm. and, and nothing against the original cast of the it original it or anything like that tim curry's a god yeah, love, to me we love tim curry oh but, my god in legend amazing yeah. he's, he's i mean in, tim curry's yeah amazing it's just you know what it is all right people when it's when something's held to a television series you have the limits of tv right. you have the sensors so Right. You know how, how how we are as horror fans. We want a little more teeth. And I think this film really delivers. Yeah. Um, I remember seeing a, an interview with the director, and he had all these grand ideas of how he was going to depict it. Yeah. You know, the larger head, a little more childlike, the buck teeth, the stray eye. Like, those, those are all things he brought to it. And I think it worked. Yeah. I really enjoyed it. Um, and I'm looking forward to the adult the psych part two, the adult story. Yeah. So I guess it'll be really good. Yeah, yeah, um, and I'm glad it did really well too. So because it, it, I thought it was good too. So yeah. I, yeah, that's a good choice. I really liked it. So I'm sorry. I hope I didn't ruffle any feathers. But um, you know, if you're a fan of Stephen King and even of it, the it book and movie. Oh, the books. Great. Um, yeah. I need to read the book. I embarrassingly have not read the book, yeah, the so I definitely want to read great. it. It, uh, it kind of suffers from the, oh, I got to wrap this up. <laughs> mm. You know how sometimes he wraps up his story in like, you know, one chapter. Um, anyway, uh, it's great. It's a great film. Um, okay, yeah. so my last choice is, is my, my schlockiest choice, but I, I, I still love it. Um, it's Creepshow. Yeah, that's a fun one though. Creepshow's yeah. fun. The reason um, uh, I gotta go with Creepshow is because y you know it's it's how I think King is showing how much of a horror fan he is. Um, he it's his nod to EC Comics, you know, Tales from the Crypt and all that stuff. And I worshipped those comics when I was a kid. Like I yeah. absolutely loved horror comics. I felt like they were being made for just for me <laughs> because I'm, again, I draw. So I would just look at these, 
these yeah. illustrations and be like, oh, God, I just want to draw people getting their heads cut off as well. Like, I just love that stuff. And then when I saw Creepshow, I'm like, wow, like, this is such a nod to that stuff. And it's so fun and spirited. And do you know who directed that movie? Who? George, a fucking genius Romero. Really? Oh, that's right. That's right. <laughs> yeah. So but, it's like, and I think that I, that's what I the the what I liked also about Creepshow is the way it was shot, like uh-huh. the, the way the comic book the comic book pages come to yeah. life and all that. It's so funny. It's because really cool. I remember watching uh, Dick Tracy, mm. and they did that in Dick Tracy, but I didn't. For some reason, I didn't. I thought it was cheesy. And this is yes, it's campy. But it works because it it still has edge. Yeah. There's still an edge there, you know? Yeah. And um, some of the makeup and practical effects are really cool and fun, like horror fun. And Stephen King made a cameo. Yeah, he's in the second segment. I I love him in that. It's fun to see him in that, you know. uh, He's like the Stan Lee. Again, it's it's one of the campier sequences, but... It's it's still fun to see. I love. I we saw it kind of recently again. Yeah, it was fun. It's a <laughs> it's fun really movie. fun. It's got the camp for sure. Another good. Um, and I, I like the sequels movie. too. So I, I yeah again I'm a big EC Comics guy. So it's just it's cool seeing that come to life. And then you've got the series that Greg Nicotero is doing for Shutter. I'm so excited about that. I'm really looking looking forward to that. And supposedly yeah. they're they're um, they're gonna they're gonna do some Stephen King stories, awesome, and some Joe Hill stories, which is Stephen mm, King's son. Yeah. So I'm super excited awesome. about that, um, and it'll it'll uh, scratch that itch that uh, Creepshow the movie did. Mm-hmm. You know, it's fun. Yeah, <laughs> I love fun that. Horror, I, I thought it was yeah, a fun movie. really cool. Fun horror anthology. Yeah. All right, so I think we're done with our with our top 10 great adaptations um so i have a couple honorable mentions that i wanted to talk about okay cool um and what's interesting is that a lot of them are newer ones because a lot of the ones i picked are classics yeah um so uh the first one i'll go with is 1922 uh the netflix original film with thomas jane really really good film uh it actually turned me on to the novella and I really loved the story as well. That that's one's fantastic. One. Yeah, that's a really um, good one. Really interesting. Film. I liked that one a lot. Um, Big Driver. Oh, also yeah. part of the same series of novellas. We, my God, it was a lifetime original <laughs> movie, yeah, and I it think was they gave amazing. Full blown one though. On, on the, it's funny because we watched it. I had heard that they had done this adaptation of Big Driver, and it's a it's a really intense story, and 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 then I found out it was on a li- it was a Lifetime movie, and I'm like, oh no, because I didn't think it would have teeth, and it definitely has. Oh teeth. yeah. So I I we we um we watched it on demand, so I don't know if that's why it it wasn't censored, but that movie was really really dark. Um, so the, the, look for that one, Big Driver, and I think it's yeah, 2018. So it's like a pretty new. Uh, the Mist again with Thomas Jade. Mm. I thought that was really good. The ending is incredible. Um, that's a fantastic one. And one more, uh, Gerald's Game. Oh yeah, that was uh, the a, that Netflix was okay. original. Yeah, that was that was really good. Uh, was okay. Also a really interesting story. So I feel like the adaptations are are. You know, there's some good ones coming out, and he's always writing. So you know, there's always new stuff coming out. Um, cool. I think we're done with the film adaptations. Yeah. Cool. Good job. Yeah. And now our feature review. Okay, Reina, it's time for this week's feature review. Which is 2019 remake of Pet Cemetery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay, go ahead and read the synopsis for this. Okay, so Dr. Lewis Creed and his wife uh, Rachel relocate from Boston to rural Maine with their two young children. The couple soon discover a mysterious burial ground hidden deep in the woods near their new home. It's directed by Kevin Colch and Dennis Widmeyer. Yeah, those guys um, directed Starry Eyes that. That one uh, independent oh, okay. horror film. Mm-hmm. So when I found out they were doing this, I was 
really excited and looking forward to it. Go ahead. Awesome. Okay. Um, and then the the cast is um, Jason Clark, who plays Lewis, mm-hmm. Amy Schmeiss, which plays Rachel, John Lithgow, which plays their neighbor Judd, um, Jette Lawrence, which plays Ellie, mm-hmm. um, and Hugo Lavoie, who plays Gage. Uh, okay, cool. And Lucas Lavoie. There were twins that played Gage. Yeah. Okay, so listeners, we're going to do the same thing we did last week with us. We're going to review the film. And we're going to keep it vague. We're going to tell you what we thought of it. Uh, We're not going to spoil anything. And then we're going to sound off the spoiler alarm. And then we're going to go deep, deep, deep into the film and speak about it more with spoilers there. So are you ready to start? I'm ready. Yeah. So what did you think of the movie? Did you like it? I didn't. I'm really disappointed. I was really excited to see it because I don't watch trailers, as you all know. Yeah. But what I did see, and then Stephen King spoke out and said that he really liked the movie. I was really excited to see it. Yeah. I do think the actor that played the dad has kind of a creepy vibe. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I thought it, I, I was really excited to see it. I was really looking forward to it. We saw the the original Pet Cemetery movie mm-hmm. in the theater as well. Um, yeah. I, I mean, it wasn't horrible. Right. It was okay. Right. I think, you know, it's funny because, the, the you know, these two guys coming in to direct the film, like, if you see their movie, Starry Eyes, there's a lot of renegade energy in it. You know, like, they're, they're you know, rough-and-tumble independent filmmakers. And I thought, oh, if these guys get, you know, some money behind them and they have a great property, like, you know, like this... I thought they were going to do some really spirited things. And I think they tried. I think they tried. They changed a few things to try and give it that spirit and freshness. But I'm telling you, it has been a while since I've seen a horror movie with this dull glaze on it like this film has. Like, there's something about it. It's like, even though you see these moments of horror, it's just there's something dull about the film. Yeah, like it, it lacks spirit. It does. I mean, I, I don't. I don't. There, it, there just wasn't any cringeworthy. Look, I have, need to look away. Oh my god! Like yeah. there was none of that in there. It was just. It was very mechanical. Yeah. It was a very mechanical. It almost felt like it was designed by committee. Hmm. You know, uh, when when that happens, th- they all pick the ideas that uh, a. F- offend everyone in the room the least, so then you're left with kind of a, a bunch of dull ideas. It sort of feels that way. Yeah, I would agree with that. It definitely yeah. did feel that way. For, for those listeners who know the original story and know, um, you know the, the first film, there are key things that they've changed in the movie. Um, and I'll keep it vague. I, I think you can kind of tell what they are just based off the movie poster. And the trailer. And the trailer, yeah. of course. The trailers spoil yeah. everything. Um, but I don't think those changes improve anything, you know, really. No. And I think some of the choices they went for for the... the I'm trying to keep it as vague as possible. Um for th- for how the threats perform hmm. are particularly kind of hokey. They they just don't work. And if you've read the book, the book is is pretty heavy. Like it's emotionally heavy. Like it's it's well, the it's, concept's very yeah, heavy, right? It's 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 talking about resurrection. It's talking about grief, faith, and you know, just everything. You know, and this movie just kind of tiptoes around that and never gets into the meat of it and the heart of it. And again, it's it's just kind of dull all the way through. And I was so disappointed by that. Yeah. I mean, even the the resurrections were boring. Like there yeah. wasn't you didn't feel like a real threat. You didn't mm-hmm. feel um any creepiness you didn't feel any fear really yeah. for the family right not really you know what you know what my the the biggest statement i can make with my review is i was looking at my watch i was waiting for this movie to end 
And in the climactic scenes, I was waiting for the movie to end. Yeah. And I'm a horror. I'm a horror psycho. Like I love horror movies. Yeah. But when I mean, I, when I'm sitting through a movie like this, and I'm like, if this was a Netflix film, I probably would have turned it off. Like it was. Unfortunately, it just pains me to say this, but unfortunately, it just was not very good. It lost its way. Yeah, it did. It lost its way. Yeah. It's really too bad. Yeah. So, for me, I wouldn't recommend seeing it in the theater. I think. I think you know, and and even more so. To not go in the theater, it sends a clear message to Hollywood that we want stuff. You know, this is a horror renaissance. The bar has been raised. Yeah. We just saw us. It is spectacular. The ideas are great. It's spirited. It's scary. It's super entertaining. You know, that's the bar now. If you want us to go to the theater to watch horror movies, the bar is higher. I'm sorry, but it is. No, so. it is. And also, I, I feel like horror movies get such bad raps. Yep. And good horror movies get horrible reviews. It's just, it's crazy. I I wouldn't, I wouldn't be surprised if this movie by critics gets good reviews. Yeah. Well, it, they did They did all the buzz, the early buzz. That's yeah. what got me excited. Ooh, the scariest. There were all these, the scariest adaptations since, you know, I, I don't know. They were. I don't say, know what movie they went to go see. <laughs> and then I read something online that Stephen King is notorious for saying a movie adaptation is good in the first few months. And then later on, he'll be like, "Oh yeah, it's garbage," because oh, he has a he has a financial of interest course, in the course. film. You know, of I, course. that kind of bugs me because I had heard that he thought it was amazing, so I was very excited to see this movie. You didn't and, tell me that part. That's why I was excited to see it. <laughs> no, no, I, I just I just found, uh, found that out. That's too bad. Yeah. I mean, I, I yeah, I mean, it just hmm. okay. So um, yeah, so my review is: don't go see it in a theater. I, I wouldn't even I wouldn't even uh, rent it digitally. I wouldn't rent it. I would wait for it to get on a pay channel that you know you just get or it Netflix by default or, or Netflix. Or Prime. Yeah, it was that. It was that poor. Yeah, I, I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. So, um, so we we both agree with that. Um, let's move on to. But the But tell us what zone. you think. Don't forget. Yeah. Always tell us what you think. If you liked it, tell us what maybe what did we miss or. You know, if you agree with us, whatever. Um, we always want to hear from you. Yeah, it's all we're always wanting to start a dialogue. Um, that's why we started the show. So let's do the spoiler warning uh, because we're going to go deep diving into why we think this movie was so poor. Do it. Beware. Spoilers ahead. Okay, so, oh my God, there's like a laundry list of things that just went wrong with this film, Yeah, unfortunately. So, do you want to start? Sure, I mean, I thought, I mean, I thought it was interesting that they switched the kid Yeah, that got resurrected. Right. But even when the truck hit her, I don't know, I mean, it was like, oh no, you know it was coming, right? Because if, if you see if you've seen Pet Cemetery Veretta, yeah. you know it's that coming. part was so cheesy. But I don't even think there was blood. Yeah. So <laughs> everyone who's here with us now, you're, you've seen the film. So yeah, the scene where it, they trick you into thinking that Gage is going to get run right. over, and that's then, true. I forgot about that. Part. And what's the little girl's name again? Um, Ellie. Ellie. Ellie gets run, run over instead. Um, on her birthday. It's kind of dopey because. Again, in the trailer and in the in the movie poster, you see the girl, so you kind of know what's going to happen. So there's no effect there, and even the the effect is really is really dorky. The only th- <laughs> the only thing I really liked in this movie was the cat. No, I thought the cat was amazing, and I'll tell you why. It wasn't bullshit CG. It was a cat That's with true. like it was, it was with a like cat. with like mangy hair extensions. Yeah. And the scene where the dad sees him for the first time, sees the resurrected church mm-hmm. for the first time in the in the closet, his face is priceless. Like he my cat, we have a cat, his name's Taboo. He makes these he sly make little them. faces. He does. And I was like, oh my god, how did they get this cat to make that specific sly face right then and there? The cat was amazing. 
It was probably the best actor in the film. <laughs> oh, that's mean. Nah, that's no, mean. I'm just kidding. The actors in the movie are okay. No, they're actually good. It's just, I think what they're oh, trying the to do. Really good. Yeah. What they're trying to do is, is off. You it know? just wasn't scary. I mean, I think the scariest thing was the anticipation of the kid getting run over. It w- Other it, than that, I it mean. It goes beyond not being scary. It was just clumsy. Like, everything is. Yeah, I mean, they could have done so much more. Like, when the kids are doing the procession uh-huh. with those creepy masks. Yeah. Like, that started, like, okay, this is kind of cool. This is cool. But then yeah. it never went anywhere. And it, right, right. It was just more of a visual moment. Like yeah. an MTV, <laughs> just like it a totally flash was. moment. Yeah. I'm sorry, if you're a parent with your kid in the woods and these creepy kids yeah. in dated clothing, by the way, yeah, came through with those masks right. in a procession, the fuck? Yeah. But it just never amounted to anything maybe they're implying with the dated clothes maybe they're implying that they were ghosts or something i don't i don't know yeah i'm not sure okay let's talk about um how they use zelda in the movie um the mother has memories of her sister who had a spinal disease it's you know it's all from the book and it's also in the original film um yeah and they they use it as this huge phobia that she has like she's always hearing her and she's always i thought that was so cartoony that was weird and and i get i could see how i'm sure these guys were all in a pitch meeting or in a in a story meeting and they're going yeah well zelda was the scariest thing in the in the original movie which she sort of was i know for people who love the original film they say that um but the way they use her here is just so it's superficial and then you never really get to see her no so it's like dangling this carrot and then it's really unsatisfying and it makes the mother seem really weak like a weak parent yeah you know and then they're going oh we'll see if she's really scared of zelda and then her daughter comes back it's like she's seeing zelda again. like it just was hokey it just it didn't work it no, just it, it didn't fell work. apart yeah i didn't i didn't find her at first, I was like, "Okay, this might be cool." Yeah, I, w- I was like, "Cool." Let's, and then let's the do whole this. concept of like the dumb waiter and all that stuff uh-huh. could have could have been really cool. Yeah. And then oh, I was, and then when uh, like when she falls on in the dumb waiter and all that, it was like, yeah. oh, "Okay." And what's interesting <laughs> is that in the original Pet Cemetery movie, the person that plays Zelda is a twenty-year-old man. Really? In makeup? Yeah. I didn't know that. And. In the in the book, she's young. She's like a twelve year old girl, right? And something like that, twelve, fourteen, around there. Um, so I was glad to see that they did go with a younger actress, yeah, to 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 be Zelda, yeah. But you never saw her clearly enough. Like she was always in the shadows, so you didn't get the full effect of her. You just had kind of the ghost of her throughout the film. Um, yeah, it it just didn't work. Not at all. Yeah. Not at all, unfortunately. Okay, let's talk about Victor Pascal. Same sort of thing. So, uh, in the book, it's important what happens, you know, where he he gets run over, on a, he's on his bike, he gets run over, and he's really gory and all that. And um, uh, the father starts seeing him. In this movie, there, there's no, it's no, it's so wooden. It's He's clean gory. You know yeah, what I mean? There's something about it that just doesn't it doesn't have the He's, same level of impact. The 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 makeup's there, I guess, but it's clean gore. Like he's not really gory. Like he's I don't even remember seeing blood again. You know what it is? The Victor Pascal in the in the original film, he's kind of shaky and there's something neurotic about his mm. behavior. There's and in this movie, uh the actor that plays Victor Pascal, he's kind of just wooden and kind of stoic yeah and it i don't know it just didn't seem it didn't quite work it it felt dull like there was a glaze over it again it was sterile like it was Uh no there was no like he did when you see him he wasn't scary yeah yeah so it wasn't like ooh, this guy's coming Ooh, that's gross that he's seeing him right and and yeah yeah I, i i feel it's almost like if you see a ghost and you're like oh that Ghost could possibly be, and, and in the book he's supposed to be friendly. He's he's kind of warning him, but you still you should still get the fear of that. Well, right? yeah, like it's but creepy. But you don't. 
But you no. don't in this film. I don't... Yeah, it just doesn't work. Um, so the big change where they decide to not run over Gage and they run over um, the oh, daughter Ellie. instead, Ellie. Um, I had heard that the reason they decided to do that is because they wanted her to talk about the experience. And Gage... Um, too, too young. He's too young, so he doesn't really... He comes back, he doesn't talk mm. much at all. So he's kind of... You know, he's kind yeah. of weird, creepy kid. Um, and so they wanted... That they wanted to take the opportunity to have someone come back that could talk. So, those scenes where <laughs> he's talking to his daughter after she's come back, the dialogue is ridiculous. Yeah. It is a completely lost opportunity. The little girl does not behave strangely. No, at all. Okay, so... She's not creepy. Right. She's just kind of, she's like, oh, I'm being creepy. Like, there's, yeah. do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, okay, you compare this performance to the kids in Us. Yeah. No. And the kids are behaving weirdly. Like, the the looks they're giving you. Yeah. The, the, the physicality of Pluto, you know, the little boy. Like, there's, there, yeah. there's, there's a spirited in, there's a spirited creepiness to the performance. There is no spirited. No, even when she's dancing, yeah. it was ridiculous, oh. and she's like oh, flinging stuff off. It's so forced. Oh, it was weird. It's it was all weird. I don't know. Forced and hokey, you know. Um, you know what? I, what I'll compare it to? I'll compare it to the performance of Danny in the original Shining. Mm-hmm. Okay. And the performance of Danny in the miniseries, mm-hmm. Shining. Yeah. That little boy that plays him in the miniseries, there's nothing creepy about him. No. There's nothing, there's nothing haunted about his look, his, the way he delivers his lines. He's completely forgettable. Yeah. Now, the original boy yeah. that plays Danny. I always Danny, remember Danny. You see that you see it in his eyes that he has something, yeah. you know. Yeah. That's probably why they picked him, you know. Definitely. And his performance is fantastic. Mm-hmm. It's that that different. Like this 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 girl is trying her best to be creepy, but it's just <laughs> Yeah. You could put her in a little witch costume and it would be it would be a comedic scene. You'd be like, "Oh yeah, she's acting like a creepy little witch." Yeah. There's nothing Nothing creepy about her Mm-mm. performance, unfortunately. And if that means, if that's falling apart, then the entire film is not working. Even John Lithgow was kind of flat. Uh, kind of flat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he's he's amazing. He's amazing. I, 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 yeah. And then my I, my biggest when I kept bitching about afterwards was the, the way the father of the father-in-law. Uh-huh. of the of the doctor yeah. guy was giving him like dirty looks at the funeral right. and it's like uh okay why is he doing that they never established that they've had a problem in the past that the dad doesn't like him right 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 that the the parents were bitter because he moved the family away uh-huh. you know far away or whatever yeah. he was just and you're like what an ass his kid just died <laughs> he's yeah. being an asshole <laughs> you know yeah. and i think the one of the things that i have a real problem with um you read the book, and uh, one of the things I read was Stephen King doesn't like the book because he feels that it was too cynical. The ending is too cynical. And uh, if you've watched the original film, it it's pretty much ends like that mm-hmm. in the book, you know, where he is, where the father has completely unhinged. He is in so much grief that he starts to go insane. Um, and, um, in this movie, the ending is like it's cheese ball. Super cheese ball. And, and Super you don't cheese. you there's key moments where you where where in the book you start to realize that he is he is unhinged and he's going through the motions of doing what he needs what he feels he needs to do, but he is he's lost it. He's emotionally lost it. I don't get that in this film. You don't get that in no, this film. No, not at all. You don't get that in this film, unfortunately, because I think the performances are so wooden. 
you know? Yeah. And again, I think they were directed to be that way. There's good actors in this film. It's yeah. just, uh, it just is so dull and wooden. And again, I was waiting. I was looking at my watch, which broke my heart, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, unfortunately, Boo missed its mark. Um, yeah. Yeah. I'm very disappointed. Because, again, I love Stephen King. Yeah. Um, I was really excited to see this movie. Yeah. Yeah. Unfortunately, I, I'm with you. I didn't like it. Yeah, I think we're done. I don't. I don't want to be like bashing this. I know <laughs> this movie. But you guys tell us what you think. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, you know. So did you did you enjoy talking about Stephen King on this episode? I love Stephen King. Yeah, so, yeah. He's, I mean, he's, awesome. he's just he's a genius, and he's so prolific. Like it's crazy. Like he's he's constantly writing. He's constantly the some of the newer stuff. Like I I just read um, Finders Keepers, and I really loved it. Revival mm-hmm. is really good too. And those are on the newer side. I mean, the guy is just... No, I need to catch up to you. The guy is so great. You've been reading a lot of Stephen King. Yeah, it's it's awesome. Um, so, all our social media is up now. Yay. Like Everywhere we're going to be... Um, you know, everywhere we're going to engage with people, it's all up. So, let's go over it one more time. Yeah. <laughs> so, on Facebook, we're um, Facebook slash the date night horror show all one thing uh you can interact with us there you can follow us there leave uh, comments leave questions comments. your favorite movie maybe something we should watch or review yeah and we're always sharing stuff even aside from our episodes where you know we'll we share cosplay uh pictures and little articles of you know things we found on the internet that are interesting horror related um on instagram we're at date night horror show uh the only thing missing is the (laughs) so date night horror show uh all one thing uh i post a lot on there yeah uh, because i actually like engaging with the horror community there it's really fun um i follow a lot of other horror podcasts because i think there's more than than enough room for all of us to hang out and i'm always i'm a horror podcast fan so i'm always looking for other hard podcasts as well. Yeah. So Instagram again, date night horror show uh, without the the, and then on Twitter, it's um, at date underscore horror, uh, and again I'm trying to engage with that community as well because I'm finding it really to help fun. us out, engage with so, us. Yeah. So you know, um, look for us there, and we respond to every comment. Um, cause again, we're, we're starting to, we're trying to start a horror family, you know, of, of people that, you know, we can kind of interact with and kind of learn what movies they like. And that's kind of the whole premise And discover of the show. new movies that maybe we haven't seen. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and then if you absolutely hate social media and you don't want to do that stuff, okay, you can go to thedatenighthorrorshow.com. And that has all our episodes. There's even a cool um, cosplay makeup art gallery <laughs> that I'm adding there. And you can see photographs of us in various horror costumes because uh, we do that all the time. And we're going to expand that as we go. And every episode that we do, it's going to go up there the night it's posts. So if you just do not like any of that social media stuff. You can follow us there and you can listen there and all that. Um, as far as where the podcast is, we're on iTunes, we're on Castbox, we're on TuneIn, we're on Stitcher, we're on Spreaker, um, Spotify. Spotify. Um, we're we're pretty much everywhere where you would expect a podcast to be. And one big final pro tip: if you have an Amazon Alexa activated device, you can just say, Alexa, play the Date Night Horror Show podcast. That's so cool. And it'll play the most recent episode. So if you've fallen behind and you want to listen to the show, just have Alexa play it for you and she'll go from the latest uh, down all the way through. So So easy. Super easy, super fun. When I realized that worked, once we got into TuneIn Network, um, 
it it started working i was like oh that's so easy super cool i love that and you know if you have a good alexa device the the show sounds really good on it as well because there's bass yeah and please 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 feedback we want to hear from you want to you know know if you love our our podcasts and again suggest movies and what segments you like yeah let us know you know let us know how we're doing yeah absolutely um one thing I've always said, uh, I've always told you, is that our show will never be a roll out of bed and do a podcast show. We're gonna produce it. We're gonna get. We're gonna improve the music. We're going to uh, get the get voice announcing, and we want to have the most uh, current horror films that everyone's talking about. We want to be fun to listen to. Yeah, and that's why we decided to do the Stephen King episode. That way, we could do the Pet Cemetery. Pet Cemetery review as well. So, yeah. Yeah, I think that's it. Awesome. Thanks, guys. Yeah. Scare you later. Bye-bye. The Date Night Horror Show is written and produced by Enzo and Reyna. All music written and produced by Enzo. Follow the show on Facebook.com. The Date Night Horror Show. Find Enzo and Reina online at thedatenighthorrorshow.com.